Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is Friday, June 14th. 2019, we are a day away from the middle of the month. It's crazy. And we're getting hot weather to go with it, and the whole world is back to summer. So here we are starting the thick of it. But today, I also wanted to tell you, when I came to get on the show, it said to me, your show starts in three hours and three minutes. I'm thinking, what did I do? And I had set up the show for 8.30 in the morning probably did it too fast or something in that spot, but um, glad I realized, and here we are. So thank you guys for being here. But today's questions Friday. The questions I have, I have a question here. It was from Leah Gill, and it was related to last week's show when we had all the questions about the book. And she said, I have a question, maybe for part two or maybe for Friday. It's related to the 13 thoughts. Number one, if the energy of love is fought until it is understood, then what is it we need to understand before love comes in and how can we understand it so that we can stop fighting love? That question is the reason why we get mad at love. Because we put a lot of expectation on love. Love is supposed to deliver. It needs to deliver. If it doesn't deliver, we get mad at it. We give up on it. We're never going to try love again. We're never going to do this again. I never get what I want. And the whole world of love just crumbles down. And none of it has to do with love. Or injured love. It's that we expected for a long time love to come up to us and us to recognize it. In all the movies, there's like a look on the person's face like, oh, they know. Or somebody wins something or they get something. Or somebody does something for someone and we look at that all as ways of loving. So we get confused when we're talking about us understanding love. But what is there to understand? It's right in front of us. It's either our relationship, what we have, what people do for us, how well we are admired, knowing it being love at first sight expecting that or it's not real love all these illusions and delusions and movies and that threw us for a loop because love is an energy and not only is it an energy it's the original us it's who we are I never met a baby 
other than if it were crying because it has a dirty diaper or it was hungry, that didn't enjoy the people that came to it. Or said, well, you know, I don't love you, or I do. or and, and that's why people love babies, because we all know that they haven't gotten the memo yet. They haven't seen the shows yet. They haven't had that input of what love should be. Operative word, should be. So what happened to love? Now we have to, like, stop fighting for love. We have to understand love. And how do you love yourself? How do you understand love before it comes in? And a lot of times, love can come in when we let our guard down because now we're not busy filtering it or censoring it or deciding who it should come to us from or not. Well, I want to be loved, but not by her or him. This is who I want. Right over here, this is who I want. That's scary because now you're telling love what to do, and love is like, I don't know how to take directions. I just know how to exist. So how does that look in real life? How do we understand love to stop fighting it? Because fighting love is a huge flag that we don't understand love at all. Getting mad at love, expecting from love, all of that is just going to bring disappointment. If we could box love, or package it, we would have. And we'd sell it on a store. We couldn't. So what we did was we did a bunch of commercials about how if you wear that dress, you'll be loved. If you buy the skin cream, you'll be loved. If you own that car or house, you'll be loved. Because we couldn't bottle love. So we found a way to sell it, or at least the hope of it. And then we do what we were told to do, and we found out, wait a minute, where's the love? We start looking for it. But I did what that commercial said, and I did what those people said, and I did what I thought I should do, but nobody even paid attention to me. I remember as a kid, where we all had to get dressed up to go somewhere, all of us. And there were six of us kids. So that was like taking an army somewhere. And we all got dressed up and we went. None of us moved, could move in the clothes we were in or the shoes we were wearing. And we sat there. And I know we looked good. And back then, they weren't taking pictures. Like now, everywhere you go, there's yeah, people have phones or whatever. You had to actually carry a camera around and take a picture and so we don't have many for that reason alone and we just sat there none of us moved we didn't have fun at all 
but we went. So I started associating dressing up and looking good with not having fun because I couldn't play. I would get dirty. I would get in trouble if I got dirty. I had to watch how I ate. And, you know, you always spill something when you're watching. And that whole thing. I remember where I couldn't wait to get home and get out of those clothes so that I could play again. And as we get older, we dress up and we wear shoes that are uncomfortable because there's a look we're after. And then those days came and went. And all these different ways, if I do my hair like this, if I, you know, take care of that, love will come. All that for that one sentence. If the energy of love is fought until it is understood, then what is it that we need to understand before love comes in? And how can we understand it so that we can stop fighting it? Because at the very least, we found out to this day in our lives that that's the stuff we felt was love wasn't love. And now we're like dumbfounded because now we're like, well, wait, what is love? And we're asking a question that we originally knew or felt as a young child. And that's why Christ says over and over again, as you begin to understand this knowledge that he's giving us now, It takes us back to when we were a child before we heard the word no. No, you can't do that. You're not smart enough to do that. You want to do that? Wait, what? What? Or when we made our first bloopers or mistakes. To our parents and they didn't look at it as a lesson then they didn't look at it as well would you do that again instead of that we we used to get whoopings or we used to get screamed at like what were you thinking but before those days we were still like this combo pack of coming new from home we were still young We were still in a protected state. And before those kinds of shapings, I call them, when we're kind of questioned as to what we did, that freedom to try to hug people, all of that safety, that feeling of just knowing we're okay. We never had to use the word love. I knew without a doubt that our parents loved us kids. They loved us. And I, 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 there can never be too much love, but so much that they overprotected us from what the world could do to us as people. But what they didn't realize is we have to let people go. We have to allow them. 
to be free. Because when our love becomes fear, it starts dividing us. Because the less fearful want to go out in the world and try. But love is just that pure freedom. It's what I felt when I saw Christ. And I I can't say it enough. It wasn't like this overabundant happiness. Like, oh, wow, man, I'm seeing Christ. It was like, what? And it was so simple and so easy that it was hard for me to believe that nobody saw him that I could find. But that love was so patient with me because it was understood that it was there. Now, when I see people that I don't know, and I get those, like, this, I don't even know what happens to me when I see people. I just, I love people so much. When I see the way they are dressed, how they prepared, what they're trying to ask for, why they're trying to ask for it. It's like my heart just melts. Because I see their their journey. I see what their soul, because I look at them as a soul, what they're trying to do. And then sometimes I have to remind myself that I never met them. I don't, I I haven't even met them now. I just seen them somewhere, especially at parties, because people, that's where everything comes out. You are in like this presentation mode of your best. And I love seeing that. I love seeing the effort. I love seeing the trying. I love seeing how much they care. I love seeing them wanting to be out with people instead of just stay home and say nothing's going on in the world. It happens to me when I go walking and I see other people walking, running, riding a bike, whatever it is they're trying to do, that effort just gets me every time. Because I always say, I could just be inside complaining, but nope, they're out here doing this or doing that and making an effort. But to me, that's love in motion. Because when we try come together in some way even if it's running on a path why that path because there's a lot of people there where they could have gone off somewhere on their own but they chose to be around other human beings when we go to gatherings we're choosing to be around other people it's unspoken that we're there because we want to love and be loved. But the bottom line of everything we do is that. Just like when Christ was in front of me, he didn't say, oh, Nadia, I love you. Yet I felt more loved in this weird way without 
any boundaries put on it for any reason at all. There wasn't like a reason good enough to boundary the feeling. And yet it was the gentlest, quietest thing I felt. Love doesn't come with a band behind it or a bow on a car. That's not how that was presented to me. But love was in the freedom of the knowledge I had to be the knowledge I had without somebody telling me that the knowledge I had was wrong or bad, or questionable. There are people that no matter what you say, and for whatever reason you say it, they come up with a opposing argument. You could say, my hair is black, and they'll be like, nah, you know, it really isn't black, it's an illusion. That's not black, nobody has a color, there aren't colors, and they go into this whole conversation. I'm like, my hair is black. I have nothing else I can add to that. And I don't have the time to do that. Because if I can at least admit what's happening right now, then I can talk about something else that's happening right now. Those conversations are great, but for some reason, as I have grown, and I've learned that so many things we can share and say, that kind of stuff leaves me feeling this weird impatience, not with the conversation, but with the time it takes to think it through. Because I feel like I did that in college, you know, where you take philosophy and you talk a lot about things that could be or can't be. I used to love those conversations. And as I've gotten older, I want to talk about the reality we live in, because honestly, that's all that matters to us. When people come to me, and I don't take appointments anymore, but when they were paying for my time, when they were paying for my time, all they wanted was to feel like they were okay today. This moment, what can I do for myself today? So I'm probably the wrong person to philosophize over and over again because my concern is bringing to the forefront this love. A lot of times at the end of the show, I say, I love you guys. Sometimes it doesn't come out of my mouth, but it's in my heart and you feel it. The same with your kids, same with your friends, same with your coworkers. When you don't need anything back for the feelings you have, for the choices you make, whether it's approval or whatever you might think you need back, recognition, told you're great or not, whatever it is you think you need back, when you don't need that, that's love. As far as I could define it. It's a feeling you have that's open, that's free, that's welcoming. And when you're tired, you can say, hey, I'm tired. I need to go relax. 
whatever it is, it's an unapologetic speaking that comes from self-acceptance, not from trying to show people you're your own boss. Just for being human. Understanding that we are here together and we have to individually take care of ourselves for us to be together. And all of it is part of us learning greater depth of love. If we're in a phase where we're fighting love, it's because we are on our way to understanding that we don't need to fight love. Because love doesn't fight back. It's so, I want to say, easy that we walk right past it. And that's where Christ says over and over and over again, love is so far ahead that it looks like it's behind. We have been taught in many ways that love is a weakness. Oh, they're just into that love thing. And then you expect to see a hippie on a corner running around singing some song about love. We've been taught to discount love. So think about how easy love is. And sometimes are we walking by it to prove it? If you feel like you have to prove your love to somebody, there's something in you that's not accepting you and feeling loved for you from that person. And Francis writes, when we are feeling love, are we feeling God's presence? When you feel the love that needs nothing back, yes. Because God isn't far away. Never forget, we are a part of God. And all the things I have seen, seeing Christ, going back home and and being in front of God, which... You know, sometimes you don't realize how big it is when it happens, but when you go to explain it to people, you're like, oh, my gosh. But that presence is just a full acceptance. A full acceptance. And an understanding of who we are. And when you understand that, you no longer feel. The human part of us wants to prove, wants to show wants to need some kind of feedback for our love. But there's such a strength, such a deep breath in just that love. Like sometimes my kids are talking. I know where they're going. I've been there. And I just look at them and Whatever they're saying starts fading away from my brain, and all I feel is love. And every time that happens, that that like surge, they'll look at me and go, why did you look at me like that? Both of them, separately, not even in the same room, because it happens differently. Why did you look at me like that? And they would get tears in their eyes. And I'd say, God, I don't know. I just, I just love you so much. 
and I leave it there. There's nothing else I could say. And they don't say anything else either. But I could feel like this warmth fill them. Fills me too. Because it's not just, this. it's like the never-ending feeling. It just gets bigger and better and bigger and better and deeper all the time. When it's pure. I don't need to do anything for them to love me. And I hope I never feel like I have to do something for them to love me. But I do know my love doesn't need to be proven to them. And that's how it feels when we're with God. We don't feel like we need to prove our love to anybody. Because we are already not just loved back, but we ourselves are already loved. So I hope that answered your question. Oh, I love that topic, speaking of love. But I have another question. It says, good morning, Nadia. If time for this question, I would like to remain anonymous. Yesterday evening, I drove my child to to the prom. My son has come a long way in learning self-love, and I'm so proud of him. He's getting ready for college in a different state and traveling through India with his best friend. How could I lift his spirit about not having fun at the prom? He broke up with his girlfriend almost a year ago and felt he wanted to go alone. Much love, your way, and thank you so much. Any human being who goes to high school and breaks up with a boyfriend or a girlfriend in high school is blessed because you learn a lot. You learn a lot about community. You learn a lot about relationships. You learn a lot about your raw reaction to that pain. And if there is the biggest learning tree in high school, it's that. That's a blessing in itself. But to come out of it a year later and choose to go to prom by yourself is such a statement of character. It's not about the prom because everyone gets dressed and they go to prom and then they feel like they're just at a family wedding, but there's no bride and groom. Or there's just a regular dance, but everybody's dressed up, and it was a lot more expensive to go. And they try to make it a big deal because it's the last hurrah of high school. And surprisingly, on the exit side, a lot of people are like, okay, that wasn't cracked up to what I thought it would be. Because the expectation that we have been about prom is really all in the preparation. I also went, and we weren't allowed to go to school dances or anything, so to allow me to go, my parents said I could only go with my brother who didn't really want to go with me. He wanted to go with my one of my friends, so he went with her, and he got me one of his friends to go with me. So I was, <laughs> I was the date of 
not a date. But at that time, you know, we didn't just go as friends. But I went with this this boy that was my brother's friend. He was also from my culture. He was Arabic. And I don't know what it meant to him, but I really felt like he was doing my brother a favor. And when we went, I was like, oh, wow, this is like an Arabic wedding, but no belly dancer. Hmm. We just sat and we had dinner and we socialized and we went home. And I thought, oh, well, I'm glad at least I went because now I didn't feel like I missed anything. But even being there, I felt like I didn't miss anything. Um, it just, it's all in the preparation of going, of choosing what you're going to wear, what color you're going to do, how you're going to interact, seeing people dressed up. There's, there's that natural disappointment because the expectation's so high. We put so much energy into going. And sometimes people have a blast if you dance a lot or something like that. But for the most part, the big deal happened before he ever even walked on the floor of the prom. And how grown up to say, hmm, you know what? Because now this person has a level of, wow, this is something I may like or may not. But good for him for coming such a long way that he found a way to go and not feel like he had to be the norm. There's a lot in there that's good, and it has nothing to do with the actual going to the prom itself. And focus on that and go from there. You guys have a great weekend. I will see you on Monday. Take care. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show.